tonight from wherever in the world you are listening. Give a big hand for your host. How's it going? Thanks for clicking on this show. I'm your host, Ainsley Blakely May, and they say dignity comes at a price. Well, I've made it my job to find out exactly what that price is. So, of course, I need a little help with my experiment, so I've invited a guest to join me on this episode of Price Tag Pop. And welcome to Price Tag Pod, where you are where we attempt to put a price tag on your dignity. I'm your host, Ainsley Blakely May, and I'm joined by my guest for this evening. My next guest is literally the Batman. He will eat almost anything except his beloved collection of magic cards or fruit. So he's definitely not a fruit bat. It's the Bat Buster himself, Jaron Dooling. Here he is. Thank you, thank you. I've never been introduced like that before. That was exceptional. I've been watching uh, the Mike Tyson fight like last weekend. Ooh. I just fell in love with the announcer again. He's got such an amazing tone to his voice. I'm, I'm in love with Iron Mike Tyson, man. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I, I, as we just spoke a second ago, I'm I'm not a sports fan at all. But when it comes to like big, like big fights, like Mayweather versus McGregor or Tyson versus Jones Jr., I, I just fell straight for it. I don't I don't know what it is. I consider myself a bit of a pacifist, like, but <laughs> something about watching. The way these men move and strike so quickly, it, it just excites me. It, it's even like I consider myself to be like a beta male, zeta male, whatever you call it. Oh, so you know, way down to zeta. Or that way. <laughs> I don't know if like you can have omega as well. I don't know. But it's like just watching that kind of stuff and you, you can feel your like testosterone and adrenaline coming through. It's like that's that's not a normal feeling for myself, you know, something very like primeval about it. We live vicariously through the fights, yeah. Yeah, and you're kind of like, oh, I would do it this way. It's like, dude, you, you couldn't even lift. Yeah, you, you see a pro get punched in the face, and you're like, ah, I would have ducked. <laughs> they called him, yeah, <laughs> they called him Iron Mike for a reason, you know. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, what we'll do is we'll do the questions first, and then I'll give you a chance to promote, and then you spew whatever you got to spew to tell everyone what you're doing, who you are, and stuff like that. Uh, are you excited to play? I'm stoked. This is let's do this. Yeah, man, let's get right into it. $10. $10, my friend. Would you put a staple through both your nipples? Oh, uh, one through both. You can do two two staples, you know. All right. Every staples you need. I don't know. It doesn't have to be the same one. See, you know, because... I, I think body modification sort of in vogue. So, I mean, the fact that I'm getting paid to do it at all, I, yeah, $10, let's go for it. Would you do $7? Ah, seven's, seven's not an even Instead number. Instead, it's in vogue. It's in vogue. It's not an even number, though. If you could round up to eight. The lucky number in Japan. <laughs> oh, you're right. How do you, how do you feel about eight, though? I feel pretty good about eight. If you feel pretty good about eight, because that's four a nipple, and I, that feels more right than three fifty a nipple. Three and a half. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like you're paying tax. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to have to calculate seven percent of three fifty. <laughs> I want those staples back, man. Give them back. <laughs> you keep the staples? Is it just to make the hole, and then I have the hole, or do I have to wear them as part of this ritual? 
No, you can take the staples out. It's fine. You can keep them if you want. Frame them. Uh, yeah, you, then that Turn saves me the other two tenths of a cent on staples. So, yeah. what would you use those staples afterwards for? I'll do something special. <laughs> Here's my manuscript. <laughs> yeah. Here's my hopes and dreams. A little bit of blood. Enjoy. Yeah, man, I'm taking her eight dollars. That's great. That's a cool start. You feeling more nervous now? Will you feel still strong? Ah, I'm, I'm feeling strong. I'm not gonna lie. As I told you before, I, I was interviewed by Sylvester before this, so I actually had to play for myself. I felt super confident for quite a while, and then I just completely slipped. So we'll see how mm. far you get before. Ooh, the foreshadowing. Ooh. Yes. So after reading your profile, um, you do a lot of cleaning around parks and stuff like that. Obviously, you get paid for it. Clearly. Yep. So have you ever had had to handle human waste? Uh, unfortunately, yes, I have. I've had to handle uh, several rather gross things, up to and including human waste. $25. Could you pick up human shit with your bare hands? Squeeze it like Play-Doh, but you weren't allowed to wash your hands for half an hour. Oh. You said for $25? Yeah. Ooh, that's a hard bargain. Let's break this down for a second because I have said that I've had to do this for work. Not exactly the whole Play-Doh barbershop silly putty sort of situation, huh. but I, I, if I make $11 an hour to pick up bags of dog poop, would I accept two hours plus worth of pay to get a little weird with it? I mean, it's a bit of a squeeze. It's not like you don't have to like play with it. You have to like make a little snowman out of it. <laughs> Do you want to build a snowman? See, you know, it's 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 a good question because it's one hand. Can I pick which hand? I said plural, but of course we could do one hand. All right, for $25 with one hand, my non-dominant hand, I would do that. And then I have, I'll take the extra two hours off of work and then I have time to record another podcast. Bing, bang, boom. Two birds with one piece of shit. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, you've got to squeeze the most out of your day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, time just flies by. Or slides by. I don't know which most disgusting. I um, didn't even ask what the person's diet was like. That's such a misstep, but I've already no, agreed. You're too, too late, but um, do you think that you could do it for $20? Yeah, God, you know, be, I, I would rather work the two hours and get the $22 than take less than $25 for this particular act. Let's do two hours of your pay then. Let's do $22. Uh, you have to pay taxes on it. Well, you don't uh, anyway. I forget it. <laughs> well, I mean, do you pay taxes on performance art? Could I maybe file that away as though this was something <laughs> experimental I was doing? Yeah, if you sing a jaunty tune as well. <laughs> no, I'm taking away the jaunty tune. 2201. I'll take 2201. Alright, we'll do 2201. You just want a weird number, right? I just want to, I want it to be just a little bit more than what I would make those two hours. Just to justify internally. Yeah, we'll call it 2201. And I'll make sure there's a sink nearby for your after your half an hour. Oh yeah, I'll do the rest of my shift with that one hand sort of up in the air. You know, fling it around like <laughs> No, I mean, I might trick some of the nastier residents into, like, a quick high five, but that's neither here nor there. No. <laughs> that's gross. 
I was excited about this one for for fifty dollars. Um, I came up with it the um the other day, and I was like, which of my guests I have planned for would be pretty interested in de- debating this with me? And I thought you'd be ideal. All right, fifty dollars. Okay. Would you break into your neighbor's house and urinate on their carpet? Oh, fifty dollars, no doubt. Like a quick B and E for fifty bucks, and I get to piss on my neighbor's carpet. That's all gravy. You don't like your neighbor. He's, oh God, uh, he's. I guess the polite way to say it in the South is he's from another time. But we just say racist in the twenty first century. Oh, I see. He's of a certain era. Yeah, it was sort of the situation where you meet him for the first time, and then a, a raven lands on the picnic table next to yours, and he has some choice words for it. So <laughs> I don't very care much for him. Damn. I mean, I assumed you'd be like, how do I break in? Or is he home? You didn't ask any of those. You don't care. I mean, as, I appreciate I, I, that. <laughs> it's, 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 maybe it's my own recklessness kicking in here. But I mean, he's 97, maybe. It weighs 80 pounds sopping wet. I, I could take him. I, I don't really fear <laughs> for myself in this scenario. And, you know, if I'm feeling generous, I could skim those $10 off the top and just walk away with 40 give him 10 for the trouble. I mean... How about I give you 40 and you give him nothing? Let's <laughs> cut the middleman out. Yeah, I would rather... Yeah, let's, let's go down to 40 on this, and then I'll make sure that he does not get a cut. Cool, man. This is a very friendly negotiation. We'll stick with 40 I'm happy with 40 mm. I feel fair. Hmm. How well do you think you're doing? I mean, I got past the shit question. I, I watched the pilot episode. I braced myself. I talked with my coaches. I said, how are we going to get past the shit question? And I feel like now that we've crested that hill, it's it's all it's all gravity from here. He was super worried about the peanut butter question. The, the what like, question? <laughs> yeah, licking, getting, letting a dog lick peanut butter off your lips. That, he was really stumped with that. That's like oh. raised that really high on the list. Hmm. But I'm not asking you that one. You know what's coming. I'm not doing it. All right, okay. I'm tailoring, I'm tailoring these things. I don't know who's been watching, who's been listening. <laughs> this is actually a question that me and him discussed at length um, not that long ago during a walk. I, I, I wrote it before on my list and he wrote it on his. And we haven't collaborated the list together yet. And we're like, shit, dude, that was on my list. That's cool. <laughs> um, $100. Would you drink from your best friend's toilet bowl? Oh, Oh geez, okay. Cl- clean flush. It's just a, it's just water. Yeah, just a shot glass. Just dip a shot glass in. I, only a shot glass. Okay. Mm-hmm. God. See, oh, God. It's it's. I've got nothing against water. It's just it's where that water lives. And when yeah. you think about it, it's coming. That tank. It's filling with water from the same thing that I shower with. And I I've opened my mouth in the shower plenty of times. Because I'm already, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. I'm assuming that it's a clean toilet. I'm assuming that there's uh, no residue. And that maybe even, I, I'd be feeling better about this if I get to clean it myself prior to the engagement, <laughs> so to speak. I'm not allowing you to do that. But uh, do you know the expression? I've got to take it on faith that this is clean. <laughs> do you know the expression, assuming makes an ass out of you and me? There's a few asses floating around in this situation is my main concern, especially so close to my mouth. Yeah, and it's why. definitely not you or me in this in this situation. <laughs> how about how about the um, 
where it starts the u-bend in the toilet there it's kind of discolored a very health healthy yellow oh god uh yellow is the sun you see the, the key mistake that I think you've made in this is that it's my best friend's toilet. And my best friend is a real clean freak. If, they, okay. if there was ever a toilet that I was going to eat off of, and maybe drink off of as well, it would probably be this particular toilet. So, I mean, for $100, that's, that's 10 hours worth of work I don't got to do. That could buy a lot of... Uh, Disinfectant. Fun dipping pixie sticks. <sighs> All right. God, people are going to get to know me very well after listening to this. I'll take the hundred dollars. <laughs> Would you take 85? Uh, 85 for a thimbleful, for a shot glass. I mean, there's no way that's that's missing my tongue. Mm, sorry, I just had to hold in a rather nauseous burp it's, there. It's not like I'm asking you to kind of like gurgle it or any, anything like that. You know, it's just down the hatch. Oh, it's down the hatch, is it? Mm. Ah, uh, 85, huh? What can I do with 85? I could go to the zoo maybe twice. That yeah, that the zoo always gets the bad taste out of my mouth, so to speak. So I'll I'll do 85, but that's for you. That's for you that I'm doing 85. <laughs> Man, I feel somewhat special. I don't know why I feel special, but sure. The salesmanship <laughs> goes both ways here. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you want to modify, I mean, we're going to agree on 85 there, but I don't know if in the future if someone says, can I buy a bottle of bourbon and mix it with it? I don't know what my response would be there. I don't know if I'd want to do that. I don't, I mean, is, I feel like it's almost worse to cut the toilet water with anything because I don't know what happens when you mix alcohol with whatever cleaning chemicals might be found in your modern daily toilet. I guess if you have a shot of that and a shot of bourbon at the same time, it probably just burns straight through down the pipes. I don't know. I'm, you know, honestly, I, I don't drink brown liquors at all. So I feel like I would almost rather do the shot of toilet water than the shot of bourbon. <laughs> People are really going to learn about you today. They're going to learn you're some sort of gin guy. Yeah, if the, if the worst thing that I hear about this from my loved ones after this is, I never knew you didn't drink brown liquor. Wow, that's so strange. I'll be very <laughs> happy. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the one that's totally fine. I can deal with that. <laughs> No, the best part is they're going to be arguing over who's who's his best friend with the clean toilet. Is that me? <laughs> yeah, they're going to be fighting who's your best friend at this point. But maybe the person knows. Like, it, it's looking at the toilet. It's like, oh yeah, oh, it's not the one me. with the cleanest toilet knows. That's a secret between you and me. Yeah. Hmm. Trying to decide, man. I try to keep like politics out of most of these questions. It's tough when like you're in a swing state. Oh yeah. I mean, feel hmm. free to let it rip because uh, my fr my friends and I go to bat with this all the time. Yeah, how's your improv with like political situations and stuff? Because I mean, it's a very sensitive time right now. Well, you see, there's there's a philosophy in entertainment that I've grown very fond of from a, a certain podcast that it's it goes no bummers. So hmm. the way I approach improv, the way I approach performing, is very much the same way. Uh, I never want somebody to walk away from a performance I've done being like, God, I feel disgusted and sick and angry. I would much rather, if I have to approach those subjects at all, do it to the point of absurdity or abstract it. Uh, nothing paralleling real world suffering. Yeah, I don't think a message, like there's no point putting a message in these kind of things if you're just trying to do something lighthearted. Yeah, I think, I think in many ways being lighthearted can be the message. And 
giving people something that they walk away with where maybe we had a talking trash can or something and next time they see a trash can they think of the stupid funny voice we gave it and it makes them go oh i feel much better about discarding this lump of toilet paper or something i like that you have a message that's real sweet man a real greta <laughs> move i love it oh we're making greta moves out here today <laughs> okay man well you made me feel more comfortable that's nice so 250 dollars yeah these questions are heating up but uh big boy money yeah would you french kiss donald trump as he's grabbing you by the pussy solid solid Mm. 10 seconds 10 seconds god Mm. he probably smells like big max and lip gloss i mean and his hand probably has the consistency of like an old turtle wrapped in modeling clay and frankly i was thinking more like jello in some sort of like hand towel oh you see, here's the thing. My mouth, whatever. My hand, put whatever in it. But my pussy is sacred to me. And I, w- I would not stand a sexual assault, I think, for any amount of money. Or the size of the hand, I guess. <laughs> God. Oh. Ooh, this is going to be a hard sell. I don't know if I would do this. How for... about um, you're still fully clubbed, so it's kind of like third base. Is it third base? You consider where it's like oh, on the clothes? I, I think in the US, yeah, third base is usually considered hand stuff, uh, depending on who you talk to. But I mean, the fact that it's Trump, frankly, the fact that it's somebody I don't love means uh, I don't think I could do this. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing to do with his specific character. For me, it's more about his diet. I mean, I, I don't eat meat. So, I mean, for him to be French, French kissing me would kind of creeps me out a little bit. I don't know about the pussy grabbing. I haven't really considered that part. Mm. But let's say it's it's dry. So it's like he's he's doing it over your boxers, for example. God. I th- I mean But the exploring you can do in ten seconds is probably quite extensive. I mean <laughs> the I feel like the obvious joke here that I can't walk away from is that his tiny hands would make me feel frankly massive. And yeah. I just I think I'm gonna have to to take the 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 zero dollars or whatever the the penalty game here is because that's that's a serious violation of my bodily autonomy. There's no there's no penalty. We don't do we don't do that. So I have to make it accustomed to you, or you have to, or you could request to change the question. You know, I I would actually uh, I, I'll take that option in this case. I will I will see what's behind door number two, so to speak. Door number two. $250, would you stuff a jalapeno in your butt? Oh. See, okay, well, this is another, this is a good question. This is an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Because it's all the same mucous membrane. I mean, I'm a biologist. I Nobody knows this ah. better than me. But the tube that starts at your mouth ends there. And so really, the only difference is, uh, I guess, accessibility to milk. Uh, oh yeah, you don't sit in that. Let's see. I mean, for two hundred and fifty dollars, as long as I don't end up in the emergency room and end up having to pay several thousand dollars, I feel like I could swing this. I feel like, I feel like I'm a champion. I mean, it's going to be an insane ring burn, though, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, it, the great thing about living in Florida is that I have so much exposure to the the great diversity of foods in the area. And frankly, I've eaten some things. Uh, I did a sort of homemade hot ones challenge uh, with a friend of mine a couple years ago. 
And I can't imagine it being worse than the last dab, frankly. Huh. It can't be worse than when you do it for $200. I did do the last dab for free. I mean, $200 is $200. I could, I could fix part of my car with that. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't have to think about it as much as I thought I would. Would you spend more time thinking about it if I said 180? How? $180, I mean, that's like six trips to the zoo. I mean, you love the zoo. You really love the zoo. I, I love the zoo so much. Uh, it's It's been a real bummer. I got two free tickets uh, to the local zoo about two years ago, and I finally used them in November, and it was the best day I've had in a long while. But the enclosure with the bats was closed, so oh, I, had to, I had to leave with that little bit of heartache. And, you know, for $180, I feel like I could stomach a little more heartache, so to speak, with this jalapeno. You know... <laughs> In, in, in the spirit of Southern comfort, could we could we maybe make it like a jalapeno popper? Like it's been stuffed with cream cheese and sort of cord flour battered and fried? No, the way that I envisioned it was like when you get them in, in jars, you know, like cut up Oh, already. the pickled jalapenos. Yeah. It's sliced even. Yeah. I mean, see, they're... See, okay. For your pleasure. <laughs> see, this is... This is... Mm, because... Okay. We're at 200. I was at 200 assuming that the shape would sort of lend itself to the task. And now that I know I'm not only not working with the rigid rigidity of this raw chili, I'm also working with the added vinegar and that could fuck up my, my microbiome. I mean, geez. Possibly, but I mean, you don't, they're in slices. I'm not asking you to fit an entire one in. You, uh, is it an entire jalapeno's worth of slices, or is it a single slice? I mean, I like I like that of a slice because you have a surface area and you've exposed the the insides of the jalapeno. So I'm going to say you just put one of them on your one of those suckers on your finger and just give it a good old hook hook around. Sort of like a, applying an eye contact. Yeah, or some cream. Some yeah, eye contact. Yeah, exactly what you. Said. Is that what they call those? I've had perfect vision. I don't know. No, we're, we're doing that. <laughs> Um, yeah, for 180, I think a single jalapeno slice. I mean, yes. I might have to rule that all these proceeds are going to charity just to justify this to my loved ones who hear it. <laughs> what charity? I'm donating it to the imaginary charity for uh, victims of pickled vegetable abuse. I think that's a fair one. They don't get shout out enough. Mm, yeah. And they're, scre they're screaming for help all the time. God, as will I be. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that was 180 we agreed upon. Wasn't 180. It? We're on 180. Mm. You really got me got me down from where we began on that one, but it was sound reasoning all the way. Are you a guy that likes rice or pasta? This is a contentious question in my house. I, I thought for the longest time that I I hated pasta, but it was because all I was eating was the angel hair spaghetti with the sauce from a jar, <laughs> and I, I would have probably said rice for the longest time, but I think. If you're just going bland, like plain rice with butter versus plain noodles with butter, I kind of like the noodles more. Noodles? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I suppose uh, <laughs> the, the less cultured among us. Pasta can be noodles. Uh, as long as it's not sheets of lasagna, I think it's all noodles. Really? 
Not even like yeah, tagliatelle. I mean, it's almost a noodle. I mean, Gnocchi. if you if you go to your average Waffle House here in Southern Florida, nobody's gonna like blink twice if you call uh, macaroni and cheese noodles or if really? you go to Olive. Even if you go to Olive Garden, which is probably on the higher end of Italian dining establishments in this area. Uh, I, they they wouldn't bat an eye. They're there for their eleven fifteen an hour. I can, dude, I can imagine the equivalent in Europe would be if annual for some reason they'll be selling po boys and they'll be selling them as Philly cheesesteaks. You guys would lose your shit. <laughs> oh god! I mean, if I thought I was getting a po boy and somebody handed me a cheesesteak, I'd be happy just in a different way. A tickle a different itch, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like. I think, you know, I'd rather order a cheesesteak and get a po' boy than order a po' boy and get a cheesesteak. It's quite philosophical we veered into. <laughs> Jesus, this is like a beignet versus donut situation. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, I'll, t- I'll take the noodles on board there. So the next question for $500. For the next two years, you're cursed to always overcook your pasta. Two years. What kind of man would I be at the end of two years of just mushy soft, pasta, mushy pasta? Because when you make pasta, it's all about the sauce. It's just the vehicle by which we eat heaps and heaps of stewed tomatoes. And well, you, you, you can take a soggy vehicle if you want. I have been riding that vehicle for two years. I'm, I'm familiar with soggy vehicles. I've been... <laughs> I feel like a man lost at sea and I'm just going to be bailing water out of that boat the whole time. I mean, there's no chew. It's so far from al dente. It's like Al Sharpton. I don't... All stew, no chew. I mean, do I, am I obligated to have a pasta dinner every night of the week or is, is it no, sort it's of up a... to you. I mean, you could stop eating pasta. You know, I, I think... I think my move would be to say, yeah, and then probably cut pasta out of my diet as much as possible. Except maybe like a nice pastina if I'm feeling ill. As much as possible. I don't know if you've got that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I missed it. The low-hanging fruit just grazing my fingertips. (laughs) I put it there. For shame. You think you could do that for $400? Two years? For $400? No no sweat. I mean, if I'm willing to do that jalapeno thing for a buck eighty. I don't see why I shouldn't this, do the You're pasta. finding this easy. Man, I can make this five years. I can put your prison on it. Five time. years? I mean, I'm thinking about the amount of pasta I consume on average. See, I've already extrapolated that even if I were to go to a restaurant, they would serve me overcooked pasta. It's just sort of a new rule that's been added to the universe, so to speak. And I could, I could live with that five years for, what did we say? How much money? $400. For four hundred dollars for five years, I probably wouldn't even notice. <laughs> I mean, you gotta consider. I, I don't have access to ex- the, the the best home cooking or the quality of chefs. I I might my palate might not even be able to differentiate overcooked pasta from the real thing. I've been taught over time with different people around me eating pasta around me, so I I, I identify the differences now. But I I was enlightened. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna drop you down to 385 if you're if you're this confident and this happy. I mean, yeah, I'd definitely do it for 385. I can't pretend like, oh no, that's the the fifteen dollars is too much. No. I, I don't want to pay you less than that. So we're gonna call that 385 for five years of overcooked pasta. That's my sentence and I'm sticking to it. God damn it. 
What country singer sung that song? I have that on my playlist somewhere. Oh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Mm, I'm not familiar. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, country's my thing. It's your thing. Yeah, I really love country. Like, ridiculous. Oh. Like, I, I listen to it at least four or five times a week. See, that's, that's so interesting because I tell people that I listen to Western music and they assume that it's country, but do you, do you appreciate the sort of difference between these two similar subgenres? Within relativity, I don't think I could like identify. Um, I think for me, I would say like Hank William Jr. Mm. would be Western. Interesting. Country for me feels more like um, a Zach Brown band. Ooh. I think you, I think you've got the lock on it. I think that's a fair Was assessment. There's the, Western for me is a, is sort of these niche bands from the fifties and sixties. I find their records at uh, local flea markets. Conway Twitty. Conway Twitty. The Kingston Trio. I'm a big fan of. I'm always blasting Desert Pete whenever I'm driving on a long road trip. Oh yeah. Uh, Johnny Cash, obviously the Man in Black. All right, man. Are you ready for another pasta question? Oh, pa- pass to me the ball. For some- <laughs> No, (laughs) I was ready for the next one. I missed. (laughs) This is not spaghetting you anywhere. Sorry, that was a a strong one. Lasagna it on me. I will taglia tell you right now. Yeah, there's gnocchi way. We're just going to keep beating around the bush. There's gnocchi way, did you say? Yeah, there's gnocchi way. Oh, no. I don't even know more pasta than that. Okay, so the bit is ravioli. Yeah, the bit is ravioli. <laughs> Man, hats off. Thank you. Thank you. What would you say? You're, do you have a podcast or something? Because I need, I, need, I need more of these puns in my life. This is great. Oh, God, I'm, I'm going to go off on a tangent. I apologize. But I, I've been recording a podcast with a very dear friend and teammate of mine uh, for over a year now. And just because of our schedule conflicts and we're not wanting to start releasing episode one until we've finished recording the final episode Mm -hmm. the podcast would be called just kiss already and the format of it is uh my friend kara marin is re-watching uh romantic comedy series and i'm experiencing them for the first time and we discuss and there's definitely i would say that i am in fact on my bullshit in all of the episodes we've recorded so once that drops i'll be sure to link you that's cool, man. I mean, I, I don't know if you know, but Scrubs have a podcast now. Uh, the Scrubs gang, like Zach. Yeah, the two, the two dudes. I, um, I never. Zach Braff him. and. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I'm assuming it's Turk's actor, but I'm going to yeah. feel terrible yeah, yeah. if I don't get his name. Quick Google search. Donald Faison. Yeah. Yeah. They, those two basically go through every episode and talk about what it was like behind the scenes or how they're feeling at the time and stuff. That's brilliant. I, I coincidentally ended up watching all of Scrubs when I was in middle school just because that was, was on Comedy Central when I came home. Yeah. I've only just started getting into Seinfeld. What is your opinion on this? I've heard people say that there's a sort of a Seinfeld effect to where so much of modern sitcom writing has its roots in what Seinfeld innovated. So people who go back to it having grown up in a post-Seinfeld world kind of think that it's not funny. I find it interesting because the entire time has always been a joke. That's like um, Jerry literally did a podcast for so many years about nothing. It was about nothing. And he made a lot of money about it. And I was like, okay, I have to see this. And watching it with that mindset going in, it's like, yeah, it is about nothing. But like what sitcom is about something? I mean, Friends had a storyline that kind of progressed through. And Friends is one of the all-time best sitcoms in my opinion. Really? I've also... uh... 
I've seen much of Friends as well. We we have a very similar taste in sort of our comedy television, it seems. Yeah, I can't think of more sitcoms. I mean, there's a lot of English sitcoms I grew up with, but you probably wouldn't. I got to say, I'm a I'm a big fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is Larry David, who also wrote for uh, a lot of Seinfeld. I believe all of it. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, the ones I've seen, I always see his names in the credit and always gives me joy. But I mean, like English comedy, top like few is like Faulty Towers, Only Fools and Horses, mm. Blackadder, Thin Blue Line. Like I could I could go on. I have criminally little exposure to uh, British comedy, but uh, I, I sort of my entryway for that has always been uh, not Sean Penn, uh, uh, Sean of the Dead, uh, Edgar Wright, and uh, yes, his, his two hot fuzz. Yes, hot fuzz. Uh, Simon Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Those are the two. N- yes, and I just watched that new Prime series uh, with Nick Frost in it, where they're truth seekers, I believe, ghost hunters. I haven't seen that. No. This it's a really good example of understated British comedy because there's mm. no fanfare or applause around any of the jokes. They just sort of come and you kind of have to wave at them as they go by. Yeah, man, let's get back to spaghetti. Oh, yeah, let's, let's spaghetti on with it. Sorry, spaghetti on with it. $1,000. You may not care so much, depending on your on your diction here, but for $1,000, would you say paschetti instead of spaghetti? Oh, <laughs> Oh, I would absolutely for a thousand dollars, and all I have to do is say paschetti. Yeah, but you can't you can't say spaghetti ever again. If you try to say spaghetti, you'll say Serengeti. <laughs> but your go-to is paschetti. This is oh, this is for a thousand dollars. This is easy. I I do shit like this all the time, where I'll just call something the wrong name in public confidently. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I thought this was easy, but I think some people that seem to value themselves a little extra i mean i didn't think that you would be ideal for this question but i thought you would find it interesting i I could be on a business meeting like the future of my career depends on it and if i had to look the waiter in the eye and said i'll have the paschetti special please i wouldn't blink i think i think i have to expand this to all pasta no matter what the pasta is that's even better that is (laughs) that is such a continuation of the bit i mean just for context I, 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 uh, Skeddy and cheese instead of mac and cheese. <laughs> Can I have the, uh, the layered, uh, spaghetti, please? I, for context, I used to, uh, get dinner sort of after meetings with my school's improv club. And we would wait in line at this sort of cafeteria style eatery. And just as a joke, I turned to the cashier and I go, hello, I would wipe a boito, please. Just to get a rise out of my friends behind me. So I, I have no shame about just sort of entertaining in public <laughs> for the rest of your life, though. I mean, you could be in your 60s. You're like, I'll take the Serengeti sauce, please. Sorry, what's that? <laughs> yeah. I might even teach my children incorrectly on purpose if I were to have them just because it's so damn cute. Like, what, tell, tell, the, tell the nice waiter what you would like, Arthur. <laughs> I want paschetti. Fetch <laughs> <laughs> me now, wench. Paschetti me. It was, a, it was a very erudite child for some reason. Perhaps he grew up watching Frasier instead of Scrubs. Oh, can I cut you in half, man? Can I, can I say $500? I think, I think I would feel a little bit guilty taking the full 1K. And can you do... Can, I'm going to have to change the question. <laughs> I don't know if I think this is wasted on me. I, I'll accept 500 I feel like there, there might have been a miscalculation going into this question. I feel like this is worth $500, and I don't think I could accept more from you for that. Yeah. And I think that you'll enjoy it now, but I think once you 
at a certain age is going to get very tiresome. <laughs> you know what? You're, this is very much like a Faustian bargain. Like at the go, I'm like, oh, I, I, great magical power, of course. And then after the 60 years of my life, I'm going to be so run down. And then what of my soul? Yeah. Cool. I'm cool at $500. I'm, I'm totally happy with that. Ooh. We're getting into your nightmare territory. Oh boy, I was. Uh, this is the part that I was concernicus. You gave, um, you gave me this information, um, but what I normally do, because um, we're jumping to such a high bracket, I tend to call for an ad break, and then I bring us back. I have no advertising just yet, but if you have an improv sketch or whatever you want to do, or if you just want to sell a random random product, you can go ahead and do so. Oh, so so I would just be selling a product. You could sell Paschetti or do what you want. <laughs> Um, so I'll cut to commercial, you can do what you want, and then I can bring us back in if you like. So we're going to cut to commercial, when we come back, we're going to finish this show with four very high-priced questions. So we'll be right back after these messages. Howdy, y'all! Why don't you come on down to Dr. Jaren's Puschetti Warehouse, located at the intersection of I-4 and State Road 275. Come and get you some Puschetti! We have... Layered Paschetti, round Paschetti. We've got Paschetti that comes on basket. We've got Paschetti that comes on garlic bread. Just stuff your face, don't think about it. Culture is irrelevant. Have a good time, y'all, at Dr. Jared's Paschetti Warehouse. And we're back with Jared here. On Price Tag Podcast. That was fantastic. Have you been enjoying yourself so far? And are you nervous for the next few questions? Honestly, I'm having such a good time. I I would feel a little bit betrayed at the bond that we formed if I if I ended up feeling otherwise at the end of these four questions. $25,000, Jared. Are you ready? Yes. Would you masturbate in front of your first grade teacher? But you must finish. Oh, God. See, okay. Who was my first grade teacher? Because that was, I had kindergarten with Mrs. Shutting. And then, God, I think Mrs. Sarabia from Northside Christian Academy. God, being able to recall this information helps because, well, first of all, it's a crime. Second of all, it's another form of sexual assault. So I think... No repercussions. I, I, she's too scared. She's, no no repercussions. She's not, she's not into it. She's not enjoying it. She's just questioning as to why you're doing it. Like, what are you doing? Well, frankly, I'm questioning as well now. Maybe she's, <laughs> yeah, maybe she's like a little too shy to come forward. No, that's, that is not okay. That, that's, that makes it so much worse. I could never do something like Turn that. Turn yourself in if you want. No, uh, I mean, $25,000, <laughs> like... This I, I am not comfortable with the idea of money being attached to <laughs> sexual assault, especially not against a, a, a teacher like somebody who personally taught me how to multiply. I where would I be? <laughs> this is your multiplication, bitch. Oh. Ugh, gross, disgusting, vile. <laughs> Absolutely not. I will take door number two if that's an option right now. Okay, she can call the cops on you. You know, that's, is this an improvement? I don't know, what do you want? <laughs> you want to slap on the wrist? You want to slap I, her on the wrist? I, I would like, I would, I would rather her, <laughs> I'm so flustered, but give me a moment to compose myself. 
it, it violates my personal ethics as well as those of society to expose myself indecently and in a sexual manner to anyone, regardless of their occupation, age, or gender. It's, it's not appropriate, and it's not something that I will do. Oh, so if she consents. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I was thinking, is there any way he could spin this? I mean, if, okay, if she approached me and I, like, found me on Facebook after all this time and added me and was like, hey, look, I need a favor. I'm dying. And there's literally only one cure. <sighs> maybe, maybe it's her kink. She's paying you for it. See, you know, that, that's worse. This is a woman who taught me as a mm-hmm. child. So the fact that she would approach me in this context afterwards is also reprehensible. And if, even if it was the only thing she needed to survive in this highly abstracted, <laughs> theoretical, hypothetical scenario, it's not happening then. Because if somebody who knew me as a child approached me in a sexual context and their life depended on it, I would say, then perish. <laughs> right in with that one. Okay. For $25,000, let's change this question. Have five fingernails removed. Oh, uh, God. Permanently? Like, every time they grow back, I gotta go get them. No, but you've seen, you've seen the shows, right? Where they take pliers? Yeah, it's sort of an old boy type situation. Uh, okay, but... See, now you've got me curious. I, I would kind of do it just to, like, live out that fantasy of being in one of these movie interrogation sequences. Mm-hmm. Like, I want that, like, hard cut to me being punched in the face and I'm strapped to, like, the rickety wooden chair and they're just, like, working me for information. And (laughs) if they take five of my fingernails and then somehow I get (laughs) $25,000 after that, maybe 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 the the boss of the gang who I'm protecting by not divulging this information, maybe he gives me that as a sort of a token of appreciation. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) I, I kind of flipped the script a bit just uh, out of sheer willingness, but <sighs> 25,000. Because I, I, I eat my nails. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm not I was actually doing it while you were talking, <laughs> just thinking of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it's, it's just sort of a nervous habit. And I think we both know that sensation of going too far and you get the hangnail that takes the bit of skin with it and then you're bleeding and then it gets infected and then you got to squeeze the edge of your finger to get that all out. Mm. It's a bit of a hassle. I think if you could remove the whole fingernail and then all I got to worry about is keeping them clean and bandaged. I'm already washing my hands six, seven times a day. So for 25,000, absolutely. 23 and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I could pay off student loans and then some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to ask you for more money, for, for less money. I, I feel that's fair. Ah, good. Money in the bank. Oh dear. God, just thinking about that sum of money has me giddy, I'm not gonna lie. Just picturing it. <laughs> what would that look like in a box? You can, you, they can actually paperweight it down with your fingernails if you want. <laughs> you, can, you can put them in a jar, make a necklace, I don't know, do some voodoo. You know, you know I would probably, just to avoid the inevitable questions, I mean, I would, I would probably wrap $100 bills around each of my fingers. <laughs> Just to be like, look, it was worth it. Let's not make a big deal out of it. We can continue with yeah. dinner. Enjoy Biscotti. your biscotti. $50,000. Oh, 
Oh boy. You know the nightmare that you told me? Yeah. Uh, would, would you like me to sort of recount that nightmare yeah, for the please, listeners? Please let them know what it is. <laughs> One of the questions I was asked as a precursor to coming on Ainsley's lovely show was uh, what my greatest fear is. And I chose to answer honestly, and that required a bit of vulnerability on my part. So this is based off of a 100% true nightmare that I experienced, woke up not screaming, but very close to it. Uh, I was sitting in a room, uh, a room at my house I lived in before the house I live in now. And I was sort of in the master bedroom of that house, sitting on the bed. And uh, in this dream, I, I got up and I closed the door uh, didn't lock it, uh, go hop back on the bed, and I started to uh, masturbate. And it just sort of proceeds like that for a couple minutes. There's a chair in the room sort of angled towards the edge of the bed where I'm sitting. And right as I climax, the ejaculate just sort of flies in the direction of this chair and lands on the body of an invisible figure. And the room is thick with tension and my breath catches in my throat and I want to scream but can't. And then the invisible man finishes on me and I wake up in a cold sweat. So, you know what I, it was easier to write than to say out loud, but I feel like a weight has been lifted. I'm glad that you're leaving this show with a smile. I was, I was really curious as to how deep we're going to end up. It's, it's like driving on an icy road. You just sort of have to turn into it and trust. So that nightmare, for $50,000, would you have it reoccurring every night for a month? Oh, God. A little different each time, so it I, keeps you on the edge. It's not like you... Yeah, like sometimes I'm expecting him to be in the chair, and then suddenly I feel a sensation on my shoulder. Yeah. <gasps> Maybe there's like five oh, chairs at one point, and you don't know which, you don't know which one. Yeah, and I, I'm like going back and forth between each of them, like, where, where is he going to be? I, I've got one shot. <laughs> Maybe you're in the chair. And it's an invisible person on the bed. Oh, oh, that's terrifying. On the same dream. Because it's, is it scarier to know where he is or <laughs> scarier not to know where he is? Oh, God. I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if my constitution could stand up to losing that much sleep. What I, I value what I do in the daytime so much. Could I risk jeopardizing it for 50? thousand dollars and the fact that it's a fresh hell each night is and could you imagine like going to bed knowing that this is going to happen could you even enjoy like just sitting up late reading let's make it february so it's 28 days i can be that kind for oh okay and not a leap year no would you want a leap year okay give you a leap year god for fifty thousand dollars a whole month the shortest month that's that's Valentine's Day, though, and, you know... It's going to be dark outside. How... Oh, God. No, it's... I, I was not lying when I said that. It's, that's my greatest fear, is sort of the preternatural horror of that situation, and I... 60,000. I, I... Oh, boy. February for 60,000. That's like 2,000 a night, nearly, right? That's 2000 a night. I mean, and that's the eight hours that I'm sleeping. That beats the hell out of $11 an yeah. hour, man. Mm. The situation that you're most terrified of isn't even going to last that long. And like, 
you know, could you imagine who I would be after this month? I've, I've fully faced my fears and exhausted the comedic potential of this sort of invisible pervert. And I mean, for 2000 a night, absolutely. I feel like I, I would be a fool not to face my fears. 60,000 it is. God, now we've jinxed it now. I'm going to go to bed after this <laughs> call and I'm going to, I'm going to have that nightmare and no money. Yeah. <laughs> You love animals, right? You've been talking about the zoo this entire time. Yes, I, uh, I, I adore animals. I think uh, they're such guileless creatures. Uh, they're, they're driven by such sort of needs for warmth and food and affection. And I, I, I just love that about every creature in existence. I'm going to really zone on that in the affection part of that situation. Um, not not relating to the first question at all. This is no PG. Mm-hmm. $100,000. $100,000. You can never pet an animal again. Uh, see, uh, okay. Th- this, is, this is a monkey's paw. This is you taking what I just said and perfectly throwing it back in my mm-hmm. face. Because I too am an animal who has that need for <laughs> warmth and love and affection. And... I mean, what would I tell my dog? Like, she she runs up to me when I come home and she hops up and scratches the hell out of my leg every day. And I, what am I supposed to tell her? Sorry, punk. No no love, ever. Just for a 50s at her. <laughs> <laughs> she, she'd choke on one. This is, this is not the, the brightest tool in the shed. But you gotta love that about her. And I don't know. I Because this would also mean I couldn't... Uh, work with bats at all anymore and i th- i think that would be very upsetting for me personally <sighs> this see this wouldn't be a problem if i was a fish guy because i'm not i'm not out here petting my koi or <laughs> sounds gross stroking the beta and <laughs> i i i don't i don't think i could swing that it's it's until until you're 30 then the next seven years is it oh oh boy you know i i i'm not gonna lie i almost i almost snap accepted and then i thought about pumpkin my dog and how seven years from now she's gonna be like 10 years old and i mean you never know how much time you have with animals and i i think i would rather be there for my pet and for any pet who came up to me on the street and asked politely to be pet. I, th- I think I, I couldn't do it. Five years. We've gone from ever to five years. I appreciate, I appreciate the work that you're doing. You're, you're very much, Oh God, I, I almost feel dirty considering this, which is ridiculous <laughs> considering the amount of shit that I've just sort of been like, oh, yeah, th- this entire time. And I, I think, honestly, if I if I did not have my pet currently, I, I would accept. I would be like, whatever, I'll just wait to get a dog till I'm older. And it, it's the fact that I'm denying this animal who I know personally and who has come to expect a certain behavior pattern from me. I can't do that kind of psychological damage to a living creature. How about this comes into effect when your dog passes away? And then, then, it's, then it's for life. I think just to get a bit real for a moment, uh, 
people who know me very well might know that I've uh, my first dog was originally my father's dog. And growing up, I had this beautiful blue pit bull named Trance, who was uh, my dog. Slept with me every night, and I was with her growing up between the ages of, uh, from the time I was born, to about seven, eight, nine, ten, when she started to lose control of her bodily functions. And I would wake up in the middle of the night thinking, oh no, I've wet the bed, but not realizing it was the dog. And the loss of Trance has really affected how I see all my other animal relationships and Punk uh, Punkin was initial, initially my brother's dog but he's a young teenager he's doing his whole thing he doesn't have as much time for her as I do and I honestly feel like I've never had another dog after trance so I think if after Punkin passed away I never pet another animal again I, I think I could do that man I'm sad <laughs> sorry to sorry to get kind of heavy with it. It's just I'm walking you through my thought process. I'm I'm gonna give you. I'll, I have to give you 120,000 for that. Oh, you're very yeah. generous, man. I, I <laughs> first I was like, uh, hopefully I'm gonna get this guy down and down. And I was like, no, <laughs> he's tugging my heartstrings here. 120,000 for no more pets for life. We're on the final question. This is the final hurdle. Already. Oh. Over so soon. Your 11th question for a quarter of a million dollars. Every joke that you tell from now on will always fall flat. No one will find you funny again. Obvious joke being, ha ha, they don't already. But, uh, God, that's, that's my nightmare, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I've made, I've carved out so much of an existence for myself all the way back from when my dad showed me Mystery Science Theater 3000. And he was like, these three guys just sort of sit here and they make jokes about what's happening on the TV. And then the rest of my life, seeing movies with friends and just landing that perfect joke. I saw Knives Out in the theater and it was just me and my seven friends. And the moment that Daniel Craig walked in with that bullshit Louisiana accent, we were all going off. We were like, oh, I do declare my name is uh, Daniel Craig, uh, a Bond, James Bond, sir. And just the moment when he says, it's like a donut hole inside of a donut. <laughs> I, I, I just scream out inside the theater, oh, no, it's, it's like a beignet inside of a donut wrapped up in a bow boy and grilled to perfection. And the, the intensity with which that joke landed in this empty theater in seven people just laughing at the fucking screen like they were about to throw up. I would not trade that particular moment for any amount of money. And any moment like that, so much of the joy in my life has come from saying some clever shit and getting people going. And if, if you take that away from me, it's like, what am I? Well, you really? keep your memories. You are who you are in your memories. Uh, that would be the word that's, See, that's, that's the thing, is having a version of yourself who used to be able to do the thing that made you very happy that exists only in memory, that's a nightmare. I remember reading uh, about Robin Williams after he passed. Uh, obviously, an incredible improviser, an incredible comedian, an incredible actor, and an incredible influence on me. I mean, up until probably six years ago, I would have said that Hook was my favorite movie. 
unironically. I remember reading his wife said that she was talking to Robin during the early stages of uh, his condition. And she would say, well, you, you can go out and you can do stand-up or you can go out and you can start performing again to give you joy. And he says, I've forgotten how to be funny. And I think right up there with the invisible man jacking it onto me is that fear that one day I'm going to forget how to be funny or that maybe I never knew. And that's almost too heavy for me to contemplate. Let's change. Um, I, will, I will ask you another question. Um, for a quarter of a million, have a live show in the Man, uh, Madison Square Garden, fully packed arena, but you have shit running down your leg and you have no idea. Everyone else does. Oh my God. You can't write that. That's, I think that's the perfect joke for the universe to play on me, mm. to hustle and make it that far. And then for the rest of my career, be known as the shit guy. I'd rather go down in flames than stop where I am on the path right now. Yeah, I could do that for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You wouldn't do it for one hundred and twenty. A uh, two hundred twenty thousand. It's. I mean, if I've sold out a show at Madison Square Garden, I feel like I'm already rolling in it. So I'll I'll go low on this one. <laughs> yeah, I'll put you in for two hundred twenty thousand. Sure, that's fair for shit running down your leg there. Like, see, it's because it gets exponentially better because once I notice that the crowd's not reacting, and I'm just like, uh, uh, y'all, you ever, uh, you ever notice how uh, Pischetti tastes like cardboard all the time, and they're not getting a reaction out of that? I'm gonna start panicking. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's it's a show that gets better. The, the farther I'm falling. I don't know if you ever saw The Inbetweeners, this uh, English show, but um, one of the characters basically does like um, a catwalk show for the girl he's trying to impress. And he's wearing this like ridiculously kind of skimpy clothes for dudes. And his testicle is out the entire time. And he has no idea. And the thing is, they said to him like during, like when, when we record this, we will give you a false testicle. And he's like, no, I have to have my testicle on screen. When will I ever get that chance again? So when you see the show, it's his it's his ball sack. That's that's honor. That's 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 the attitude that that you've I feel like I want to strive towards. It's just being like you it's it's all right to appreciate yourself when you're doing well. And especially with comedy, so much of it is trial and error and refinement and going to open mics and fucking bombing. And the idea of being able to love your failure as much as your success is something that I'm working towards. And what could be a bigger failure than shitting yourself in Madison Square Garden? It's pretty honorable, man. I respect that. I haven't done any stand-up yet. I'm really excited. I was going to do it this year, and then obviously COVID hit, and then I have been putting it off. It, it's it's hard. I mean, there's there's established communities everywhere, and you really start out having a lot to prove. The, I, I watched a TED Talk, so I'm cribbing this entirely from whoever this TED Talk guy <laughs> was. Uh, but I, I, when I started to think about, you know, maybe I don't want to be a biologist, maybe I want to perform. I was like, okay, well, how do you go about becoming a better performer? And I found this TED Talk that says, you know, stand-up is an exercise in finding your own unique perspective and voice and sharing it with other people. Improv is about taking that perspective and exploring it and heightening it and learning if this is true, then what else is true? Acting, like uh, theater stuff, is about 
practicing, performing, repeating, locking in the things that work, noticing what doesn't and getting rid of it, accepting direction, accepting that it's never going to be perfect. I've, I've pretty much spent this entire year trying to focus on those three things in pursuit of becoming a better performer. And I really feel like if, yeah, you've got great chops. I mean, just as a podcast host in this banter that we've been going back and forth with, I'm feeling it. I don't know if you're feeling it. Yeah, I've had a great time. This has been a great episode. I'm sure if you, if you, if you apply yourself, I I don't want to fucking condescend. Like I know what I'm talking about. The most important thing is just to write. If you think something's funny, if something funny happens to a friend of yours, just write that shit down. It's, it costs nothing. And when the world opens back up, God willing, the vaccine can't get here soon enough. It's 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 about getting your reps in. So that was the, that was the last <laughs> question, and I've tallied up how well you've done. Did you enjoy yourself? I've I've enjoyed myself immensely. I I haven't gotten to have a conversation of this caliber in quite a while. Do you think you did good? Do you think you did bad? You know, I f- I feel like. I feel like I played the game for the game's own sake and win or lose. I feel like I, I came here to do what I'm about. So much of my soul is out there now for anybody to see on yeah, this podcast. Exactly. So the sum of your dignity this evening is 424,720 dollars and one. Was that, was that a buck? <laughs> what is that? What's a one? One, one cent, cent from uh, the 2201 for the shit. Four two four seven two zero point zero one, and that brings you to be the most expensive guest we've had on the show so far. Oh, I'm honored. You're killing it. Wow. Yeah, man. Thanks everyone for listening to this podcast. Um, Jaron, what's going on in your life? What do you have? Do you have improv? Do you have podcast? Sell it again. I know your podcast is coming out at some point, and uh, I need people to hear it. And I will link it the second it comes out. Thank you so much. Uh, so, hi everybody. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as Jaron Dooling. That's uh, J-E-R-O-N-D-O-O-L-I-N-G. On Instagram as uh, Jaron underscore D-O-O. Uh, I am a member of the improv team Daytime Delusions, which uh, I am on with three of my greatest friends in this entire world. Uh, we perform improv comedy short form and long form as part of shows. And you can find us on facebook.com slash daytime delusions and on Instagram at the same. Oh, and uh, uh, by the time this airs, you might be able to find myself and my very good friend, Kara Marin, on the Just Kiss Already podcast, where we experience rom-com content, me for the first time, and her as a repeat viewer. Uh, And if that's out by this time, then I'll have it linked underneath this video or somewhere else, somewhere in the universe thank you very much thanks everyone for listening i've been az blakely may this has been price tag pod and we'll see you next time <laughs>